podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to another interview edition of the Leeds That Podcast. Uh, in this episode, Andy and Matt meet an ex-Leeds player. Yeah, they went along for a chat with David Weatherall, who came in. He entered the club at a very interesting time when Leeds were about to win the league title. And he left us, um, and the first season that he left us, he had a big influence on uh, the next chapter of our sort of history, I suppose. So let's see how they got on. So David Weatherall, thank you very much for joining us on the Leeds That Podcast. My pleasure. Um First of all, we wanted to ask you a little bit about your earliest football memories. How did you get into it? Who was your team as a kid? Who was your team as a boy? Uh, grew up on north side of Sheffield, which is um, definitely Sheffield Wednesday country. Right. And uh, my dad, big Sheffield Wednesday fan, supported him all his life. Um, right from, from being a, a, a little kid, he used to tell me the stories about the 66 Cup final, etc. at, at Wembley and... Um, yeah, just just always a Sheffield Wednesday fan growing up. Um, this this school, I think there was one Sheffield United fan in the school, and he was one of my best mates. So you know, it was a, a good bit of rivalry there with, with, with him. But everyone else was Sheffield Wednesday fan. It was just that part of the uh, that part of the world. And, and I was a season ticket holder at, at Wednesday. Um, you know, from from the ages of probably probably twelve ish onwards. I used to go to a few games before that. Um, I used to go to most games before that. I used to go, and I used to take him to Sheffield Wednesday one week and then Barnsley the next week. So certainly football always part of, uh, always part of my life as a, as a kid. And then didn't, uh, didn't start playing until, till under 11s. Um, there was a, a the, one, one of the local teams sent a message to school. It was only a small primary school I was, I, I was at in the village. And, uh, a team that was was based three or four miles away just sent a message if there's any players or some trials. So a couple of uh, me, me and a, a couple of other lads just went down for a, for a trial. And that's when I started playing on a on a Sunday morning. And when did you know that you wanted to be a professional footballer? Was it standing at Hillsborough watching the game, or was it once you'd got into that under 11s into that sort of teenage football? When think, when did you make the call? I think it, it's not a call that you you can you can make it in in, in being a, a footballer, but but you know what, knowing that you want to do it, I think yeah. you know, I used to go in my Sheffield Wednesday kit under my my uh, <laughs> under my normal clothes, if you like, just in case, just in case they were short. And I was probably you know as I said, I was about nine or ten doing doing that. So I think like like most lads, I think when when they start going and. And really start getting into into football and and, and supporting a, a club, then um, you know it's something that, that you think oh, I'd love to. I'd love to do that one day. Are you still a Wednesday fan? You still keep up, or do you? I, st- I still follow them. Do you follow the other teams you've played for now, though, as well? Or how does it work? Because obviously, as a as a fan to me, never playing at a decent level, I'm Leeds, and that's me. Yeah. But surely you've got an affinity to Leeds, Bradford. Exactly, I, I'm, so a, I'm, I'm a fan of three clubs, and it, and it, and it sort of seems strange, I think, to to, to people who's, who maybe not, I mean. not had those those experiences. But you know, you, 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 I suppose you, they say you never forget your first love, and that and that's the case in football. Mm. Still, you know, I grew up as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, so that's that's a part of me. But 
you know, and then I came to I came to Leeds and and I had eight fantastic years there and went from a a university student really to a, to a, I suppose it when when I left the Premier League footballer and yeah. you know I, I had a, I had a great time I still live in the in the area got such an affinity for the for the place and and especially for the football club that. You know, I, I count myself as a Leeds fan as well, and and then. So if Leeds play Chef Wednesday, what happens? <laughs> it's one of those. I, I've still not worked out whether it's one of those that I can't win or I can't lose. Um, but it's yeah, and, and then you throw you know you throw Bradford into the mix as well, and it's it's not something with particularly with them being rivals, the three yeah. clubs as well. It's it's something that oh, it's difficult to explain to myself, never mind to other people. But it's. Uh, it's one of those, you know. I've just got a, such a, a an affinity for all for all three, um, and I had such you know such great experiences at, at, at the two clubs that I really played for in a first team context. That mm. you know, how, how could I not follow them and care for them? And and you know, I, I, I certainly count myself as a fan of three clubs. But there must have been a time. Well, I assume there's a time before you joined Leeds when you were a kid just supporting. Wednesday, but you didn't really like Leeds at all, because most Sheffield Wednesday fans don't have any fondness for. Yeah, I was, I was just a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Yeah. So whoever whoever Wednesday were playing against, they were, they were, the they were not top of my list as as, as, as favourites. But um, yeah, things th- things change obviously, and um, you know, I think as I said, I think I, I've been I've been so fortunate in my career that you know, for for example, in in terms of playing I've only ever had to move house when I wanted to so to play for three three clubs really although I never made a first team appearance for Wednesday I was on a bench once um, but to, to play senior football really for, 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 for two clubs beyond the um, playing register I suppose for three and they've all been so so close together all Yorkshire clubs yeah and, and, and be fortunate that I've had good experiences at them all um, you know I count myself as unbelievably fortunate in, in being able to do that in my career How did it feel to come to Leeds then you were at the club that you supported as a boy you said you were on the bench didn't make a first team mm. appearance first of all what was the what was the process how did the move come about and how did it feel to you to be moving on so quickly from the club that you loved Yeah it was, it was a tough decision at the time I was um, I'd done two years out of three at university I was a, I was a part-time player, uh, been doing really well. We had a strong strong reserve team. I think we were winning the reserve league with, with with a reasonably young team, and I was I was doing doing really well. And then there were managerial changes at, at, at Sheffield Wednesday at the time. And Ron Atkinson was leaving. Um, everyone knew that. Um, they offered me, I think, a, a, a year's contract, and and then uh, Leeds Leeds interest, who who obviously I knew. Howard and, and, and Mick they're offering say, a longer much, term contract how much did you know of Howard from before it, it was more Mick, Mick Hennigan his, his assistant obviously when I was um, coming through at Wednesday Howard was, was obviously first team Mick was uh, was actually youth team manager at the time right he wasn't Howard's assistant so I was working with Mick all the time and he was taking a team I, w- I, w- I was playing in so it was more as much Mick I think as, as, as Howard going up the road but I knew that in, in making that move, I had someone who, who, or people who knew me, and were interested in 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 me as a player. There was a lot of uncertainty around Sheffield Wednesday at that time with the change of manager, and and you know it just. 
didn't know what was what was going to happen and it was a it was a really difficult decision yes to leave Sheffield Wednesday but then when you see what um the, the magnitude of the club that I was I was going to join and you saw the ambition that that they had and you know align that with with two people who I, I already knew and, and and really you know sold the place to me if you like even as a, as a young player because I wasn't coming as a first team player at that time it was one of them that I think once I got my head around it I thought yeah for for for, for, for my career this is something that I, I I can't turn down even though you know obviously I was a I was a I was a Wednesday fan and that made it a really really difficult decision it's quite well documented um after you Join Leeds. Leeds win the title. Hold out on me, obviously. But you didn't go on the bus tour. Can you talk us no. about that? It's, it's well documented. I'd love to hear it from you. Yeah. The, the, the first season was a really strange one because <laughs> I was a third year student at university. It was a final year. And, you know, that, that was the, the, the basis of coming up. The club knew that I was going to finish, finish my studies and they encouraged me to do it. So I was only a part-time player. Um, just getting up and training really one one day a week obviously every day in the in, in the university holidays but whenever I could and you know I suppose I was, I was really fortunate that I even made an appearance in the first team that season and I played two minutes against against Arsenal it obviously <laughs> made all the difference obviously obviously um, and then got got to the end of the season and, and it was one of those I'm still not sure whether I should have gone on the on the on the, on the trip on the bus tour around around the city and, and joined in the celebrations because you know I've been around the club but really I played two minutes it wasn't I hadn't earned the right to be there um, so I would probably felt a little bit of a fraud if I had been there and you know in front, in front of the bus and, and <laughs> even with all the training you'd done with, with the lads yeah you've helped get them uh, yeah and, and that's why what I was yeah, that the battle? That, that, and that was the kind of battle. The, the battle was I'd got exams coming up as well. That, <laughs> yeah. was, that was the reason, really. Um, you know, if, if, if I hadn't got, got that, and then I think, well, the, the counter-argument is what an experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, and just to, to have that experience and maybe just to not be around the front of the bus, but maybe just to <laughs> sit further back and keep out of the way, but just, just to have the experience. So I'm still not sure whether it was a, the, 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 the right thing to do or, 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 or not, but yeah I think the overriding thought was I've played two minutes here you know no one's turning out on the on the streets of Leeds to see me it's, it's the guys who have worked their absolute socks off to, to 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 win the title so you know I don't think I was a great loss by not being on that on that that bus for everyone else who turned out love that team mentality but for, for me mate you've, <laughs> the whole team won that league the tea lady should have been on the bus for me and I, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I I could have done it. And as I say, it's still one of those those things. I'm not certain I made the right call, but hey, you, you make that decision and you, you you live with it, don't you? And how hard was it to juggle <clears throat> studying with being a professional footballer? Because, like you say, that's kind of rare, and probably even more rare at that time, maybe, or maybe more rare now. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it, unusual. It was it was difficult. It was difficult, and it, it, you know, it's another one that I look back and say, "Why did I make that that choice to go to university?" I think if I'm in that position again, if I'm in that position now, I probably don't make the same the same choice. The way things worked out, I couldn't have asked for anything anything more and anything anything better. But to take that 
that risk. I understand. I'd still make the decision on A levels, definitely. But I think to you know to have that opportunity as a as a football. I think what I do now is is be a footballer and study part time mm. and do it that way rather than go the full full whack and go to and go to university. And looking back, I was I was so lucky with so many things. One that you know Howard and 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 Sheffield Wednesday as a club and Leeds as a club were just so fantastic and un, and understanding with my mind was made up and that's what I was going to do and, and you know to 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 have the, the the patience I suppose and let me do that it was we, 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 was great and then you know to also when it finished to just get the opportunity to to get used to that full-time training again and and, and you know do that at, at sort of 21 22 rather than do it at, at, at even 16 mm-hmm. now um just really, really fortunate the way things the way things worked out. But it's another one of those decisions. You look back and say the way the way things worked out. I can't, can't, um, I can't argue with it. I can't say I would do anything different from that perspective. But I think if I'm in exactly the same position now, I may well make a different a different call. Yeah. Did you have any um, real inspirations in that title win inside that you learned a lot off? Who did you look up to? I think it was it. When, when I've been at Sheffield Wednesday, I was never really obviously that first team player. So when I came up to to Leeds, it, there was a lot of time in around those experienced players, and it was my real first experience of whenever I was in the club. That was kind of where you where you were that that contact, um, and it was when you think back to the the, the players that were there, it was just incredible, absolutely yeah. incredible experience, and you know just learning so much about approach to to training to to life to looking after yourself in life to benefit your football to the approach and the build up to games it's not just you know it's not just friday night that you start thinking about the saturday game it's thursday morning at the absolute latest and that's the training and that's the preparation build up time at least to the game on to the game on saturday and you know when i think when I look back through my career, there's, I had really good lessons in that respect coming up through the youth team at Wednesday with, with, um, with, with Mick Hennigan there mm-hmm. and the culture that was created at the club with Howard and Mick. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was professional. It was hard work. It was being organised. And you look back at those lessons and taking those and then when I got in that first, more first team environment leads the people that were in and around there Yes, the same the same people from a coaching and management perspective, but the the players in that dressing room just so professional as in, in general. And you know, when you see where where they got some of those got to in the game, um, you know, your Strackens and McAllisters, Speeds, Batties, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then to be able to learn from those as a as a player just coming into that professional environment was just unbelievable. I got to mention one, one player as well, John McClelland. Yeah. You know, I, when I came up to Leeds, playing a lot in the reserves, and John, really experienced player, um, fantastic bloke as well. And I just learned so much from him playing with him. And also, he was one that you could go to as a fellow centre back and just have a quiet word about certain certain things. Um, but he was a he was a great influence as well at that time. Because of your study and because of your degree, you became kind of known as 
a clever footballer, <laughs> like like some sort of rare breed. They say you can fool some of the concept. people some of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how, did, how did that affect you just throughout your career, for example? Did you have to do more media work than anybody else? Was it like, oh, Dave can do it because, you know, he, he can string a sentence together. He feels articulate. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. Good. You're learning now that I can't. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I think when I certainly when I first joined joined Leeds, I was was different. What I was doing was different. I wasn't there all the time, so you know, dressing rooms are are uh, tough places, and and being different, it, it makes you out as uh, there's going to be some banter around around that. So yeah, I had to learn to, to 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 deal with that. Certainly that first year at Leeds, once I got in there full time, I was I was more more my approach obviously was more like the other players I was there every day etc um, I go back to a, a time at Bradford when I was, when I was just about finishing you know the the the, 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 the supporters allocated had they weather all day it was an away game at Rotherham and loads of people turned up in uh, lab coats and you know just just referring back to that's that's you know the the, the image that some people had of, of, of me I suppose as a person away from uh, away from the pitch for a centre half you were quite prolific as a goal scorer perhaps the one that Leeds fans remember most fondly can you guess it you'll have to tell me go on I think I know what you're going to say the 1-0 yeah against, so. uh, against that team what was that like? Can you talk us through it? The, the, the games against Man United were were just in general incredible because I think my first experience, well, my first experience of a game against Man United, I think I was on the bench. I think it was a season when I was just a part-time player and this was at Old Trafford. And the noise was just incredible even even then and the occasion, you just sensed there was something between the between the two clubs. And then my first experience of it at, at Ellen Road was we used to get there at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, have lunch and you know, build, up, build up to the game. And you just sat, sat in the lounge at, at Ellen Road and then there's just noise outside and you wonder what's going on? Why are the fans making such a roar outside? And so like, don't worry, it's just a Man United team bus arriving. <laughs> and you kind of knew from that moment that this was, this was different. This was just that, that feeling between the two clubs. So in general, the games were they, they had that that extra edge. Um, I think before before the the, the one nil game, we we'd, we'd we'd beaten them at Ellen Road previously, and I was fortunate to score that day as well. Um, but yeah, the the, the one nil game, I think, from a from a personal perspective, was you know to to win one nil to get the goal as a centre back to keep the clean sheet, and it was a bit. Like the Alamo, I think in the last five or ten minutes, and that kind of suited me as a me as a player as well. So it was just one of those days that that from a playing perspective just seemed to go seemed to go go great. But obviously it was a it was a team team performance. But for me to get that, you know, to be the one who, who was fortunate enough to get the goal that, that decided it was, it was a, just a, a, a great day and one that you know I, I obviously uh, remember with with great fondness. For a lot of the younger fans, they don't really I, I find a lot of them appreciate that rivalry can you just explain how big that, that game is the Leeds Man United game because it's huge isn't it it, it is huge and I didn't appreciate it you know not, not growing up in Leeds I didn't appreciate it until those experiences and, and you know when you walk out and there's just that, that 
that edge and that tingle to, to the atmosphere and the level and noise is just is, is just incredible that uh, you know I'm just hoping for the for, for the younger fans that they get to experience that in yeah, the, so in the not, not too <laughs> distant future hopefully next season um, so uh, yeah it's, it, it, it is it is special and, and you know it's 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 fierce. It's, there's you know, hatred it's, there. It's, it's, it's very. I, I say fierce. I'll stick. I'll stick with that. But I think you know, from <laughs> from a fan's perspective, they may well be. You know, and, and you know, we hear stories as as as, uh, as, as players when we're when we um, mingling with supporters around around the city. That there's there's you know painters and decorators in the city who won't take a job if it involves using red paint. Oh yeah. You know, and it's just it's just incredible when it gets to it gets to, to, to that, but it just shows a level of, of, of rivalry that, that that there is. Yeah. Can you still in your mind's eye remember the goal, remember the feeling, that's the noise of the crowd when the, when that goal went in? We had um Jermaine Beckford on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago and he obviously scored another winning goal in a one nil win against Manchester United and we asked him whether he still watches it back on YouTube and he said that he might do. <laughs> he doesn't watch it every night. Doesn't right? watch it every no, night. No. Just every other day. Yeah. Is it? Is, it, is it something you think about often? Or I, I still remember it. It's one of those. I, I've got to be. I'm not a great one for for remembering every game. I'm mm-hmm. amazed when some players can art back and, and remember the year and the the league situation and and and, and you know every game throughout their throughout their career. I can't do that. No. Um, but obviously, I remember that that day, and I remember. That, the specific bit of you know the ball coming in and just getting in front of a, a, a defender and just getting my head on it and and it, and it going in and then then the noise yeah yeah so that's that's a yeah it's a it, it's a special memory in my, in my career that that moment definitely and that if I'm right that was the start of the uh, Alfie Hall and Roy Keane kind of fallout <laughs> dispute mm. if you like yeah you, you were mentioned in dispatches by Roy Keane how did you take that. That, that's the that's the first and foremost there's absolutely no issue between me and Roy from my perspective none, none at all that that is the the sour note I suppose if there is one to that to that day that there was this running battle between Alfie and Roy and I had a few words at, at Roy that I'm not I've said before I'm not particularly proud about and, and you know going back I wouldn't say them but people get lost in the heat of battle and that's that's what what happened what happened that day and their um, battle just rolled on from from there um, so you know that was that was not a positive to come out of that day certainly obviously going back to the positive the goal for a centre half you were pretty prolific as a goal scorer um, I want to ask you particularly about scoring from corners because mm-hmm. I've got a running joke with people around me at the ground that whenever anybody asks me as they do quite regularly when was the last time we scored from a corner I will always say I don't know but I'm pretty sure David Weatherall scored (laughs) but what's the trick to scoring from a corner and what advice would you give to our current players to break that because we we get so many corners the way we're playing at the moment we're always at that end of the pitch but we just can't seem to do anything with them whereas Mm. if you were stood there at the edge of the box you get the feeling we might be uh, you, you might be tricks. double figures yeah well the only goals I scored from a corner is probably because it's the only time I crossed the halfway line <laughs> um, there, there is no 
definite secret. I mean, it goes through goes through phases. I know when I was playing, there was a lot of near post flick ons. That was that was the seemed to be in, in vogue at the time, and then there was loads of people whipping it under the crossbar, and then there was a phase for everybody's. I think we're pretty much still in that. Most people seem to play out swingers now. Mm. Um, I, I heard something that actually the the stats, and this is only one person telling me stats say you, people score more from in swingers than they do out swingers, but they remember the out swingers more because it seems to be more of a powerful header when the ball's swinging away, and so they're more memorable. But um, I don't think there's any there's any real secret. I mean, I'm six foot three. That's <laughs> probably a decent a decent start point. Get some height. You know, get some some people whose, whose strength it is to, to to go and to go and head the ball, and that was obviously my strength as a as, as a player. Um, is it just a, a case of just attack the ball? So you, you so you can do. Yeah, yeah. Do you think if we're being kind to the current crop of players, teams might have got better at defending corners in twenty years, or very is that possibly. being too kind? Very possibly. And the 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 the, the role of a centre half has also changed. The style of football's changed. You know, I think certainly when I was in, in my formative years, particularly, the game was 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 long ball. It evolved while I was playing, mm. I think. But the game, you know, in the eighties was in, in England was a long ball. Um, that helped me in some respect because that was that was my strength as a player dealing with that. Um, but I think now it's the, the the game's evolved, and and you know, centre backs now. You look at Leeds as a fantastic example. They're good on the ball. Yeah, mm. they're really good on the ball. The playmakers almost, and you know, so so the other day with centre halves really stepping forwards and and and, and coming out of defence and you know striding through midfield with a with a ball um, didn't happen too much in in, in the eighties in my formative years. Obviously, I think we've got a, we've got a, a very different football identity now as a country than we than we had. Back in the eighties, when you know, say when when I was a teenager, yeah, and and you know maybe as I say, all, all I can say is, is, is if you got somebody whose who strength is to 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 head the ball and then just go and attack anything that that comes in, then it gives you still a decent opportunity to 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 get that goal. It's half the battle. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's knowing and what kind of delivery, delivery being yeah. consistent on the, on that delivery as well. Yeah. Now you played in Europe with Leeds. How good was that? Can you talk to us about some of your key highlight memories from there? Playing in Europe? Yeah. Um, bittersweet, really. Um, my first experience of it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant in Monaco. You got some big licks for that, didn't you? Yeah, you, Tony got a hat-trick. Tony I'll Ball translate got, Andy for you. You got good reviews. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that's where you were going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony Ball got a hat-trick and... Uh, I think after the game, I would I would thought I was man of the match. So um, you know that was that was a, a just a, a, a brilliant experience. And then you know we we, we go on and, and I, as I said, I, I, I struggle with remembering every, every single game. But I think that the, we didn't we, we struggled really how to approach the home game being three mm. three nil up. Yeah, lost and one nil. I think. Yeah, yeah, and there were some ner- nervy moments in that. I think as a team, but I think personally, it kind of went all, went all right for me. And then, you know, PSV just yeah. it was it was not a, not a good experience. The so in bittersweet Monaco was really good, and then the the, the next bit wasn't. Mm. Um, so as I said, it was it's, yeah, 
bittersweet thinking thinking about those those experiences really what about the travel do you enjoy the travel we didn't go too far there did we <laughs> Monaco and over to Holland it's not that, that wasn't too went, bad went further than we've been for about 15 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just that different that different experience and, and you know I think at the, at the time as a as a country we, we, we were just adapting to getting back into European competitions at the, at the time I think I seem to remember yeah um, so it was well where, no one really knew where we where we sat where did where did the Premier League sit in terms of strength against against the other nations we didn't we didn't really know we hadn't got a barometer so it was really a lot of a step into the unknown from a lot of different perspectives at at, at that time it was so exciting as a young fan though as a young fan yeah. it was so exciting yeah it was great i mean my first game i've said on the pod before my first game was the uh, 4-1 stuttgart game um, right, which yeah. was you know I think I think my dad couldn't believe his luck really that he took his son to that game as his first game but um, I've been obsessed with European nights ever since mm. and just the feeling of them is just different for some reason so yeah I was just I think I was on the bench for rain in the round the of squad and on the bench for Rangers and and, and, and the Stuttgart uh, episodes <laughs> it's interesting yeah um, so yeah well I, I suppose I, I don't think I'd gone on the pitch and in, in that campaign it was uh, it was after that, that that I got involved but still unbelievable experiences you know going to the famous night in Barcelona playing playing Stuttgart was just just to be a part of it was was, was incredible yeah I bet I bet and what about the rest of the time at Leeds what what are the big standout highlights and what are, what are maybe the lowlights of your eight years with the club um I, it's, I think it's difficult to, to pick out absolute highlights I I, I Debuts obviously obviously stands out for for, for most players. Um, my my debut, I suppose, was the two minutes we talked about against against Arsenal the season won the, won the, the title, mm-hmm. where I was stood on the touchline waiting to come on as a sub with about I think about half an hour to go, <laughs> and uh, and then a goal went in and changed it, and Howard said, "Come and sit down, son." <laughs> Go and sit next to me, and so I, that was just just remembering that, and then being able to get on for two minutes, and he put me on up front, which was still enough time for Tony Adams to absolutely <laughs> smash me. And so, well, welcome to professional football, son. <laughs> so that stands out. And then my, my my starting debut, which was away at Southampton, um, was 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 a a, a a great experience. You know, it's the type of thing that you know you dream of as a as a kid being named in the in, in the starting lineup in a in the top league and things went went well and I think whoever you are you're always going to have that element of doubt eat, eating away you know can you can you do this you really want to test yourself and you've got that that self-confidence that you can you can do it but until you've actually done it and pitted your wits against someone playing at that level on that stage you're just never quite quite sure so that was a really really big step because that that went well for me I I was knackered. I was out on my feet after about <laughs> seventeen minutes. So they brought me off. But, but you know, just just that experience was, was great. So they're 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 standout moments. And I copy. I just look back on my time at at Leeds now with with such a great affection. It mm. was a it was a unbelievable time. To we spoke earlier about coming into that environment and the players that were there, and the you know just the size of the club before I joined the club. Obviously, Sheffield, two club city, 
Um, and lots of other clubs not far around Barnsley, Rotherham, Chesterfield, etc., all around that, that area. Leeds, just that one club city, and a city the size of Leeds. Just incredible. Does there's, make a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the, you know, you just even the build up to a game, the time on the day when there's people around the stadium, mm-hmm. and just the whole interest around the city in that in that club. Didn't realise until joined, um, you know how how big the football club was and is. Um, so just regard myself as hugely fortunate to have had the experience that I had at, at the club and to to have eight eight years there. And as I said, still. Look back with with great affinity, um, and it's been it's been difficult watching what's happened mm. in the intervening years. Obviously, it was brilliant just after I left when when they were, you know in in Europe and and riding high at the top of top of the Premier League. But then to to watch as I'm sure you know same for for, for you guys when the reality struck home of, of the gamble that had been taken yep. and seeing what had happened to the to to, to the football club and falling down down the leagues. It's really difficult for, you know, for for me and for everyone else around the city who's got a great affinity for the for, for the club. But as we sit here now, things are, are looking a lot more positive, and we're all optimistic that <laughs> those dark so. days have, have 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 gone. And hopefully, this is going to be the season where the club makes a, the step back up into the uh, into the Premier League. And what about the low light then? Um, one that stands out. We spoke to Bryn Law on mm-hmm. a previous pod, and the one that stands out quite clearly it's probably the the Wembley loss that said mm. we'd love a low light like a, <laughs> a, cup, a low final, light like a cup, cup final defeat now wouldn't we it, um, but how, it, how was that because you've got the ecstasy of getting to ex- a cup final with Leeds and playing in it and exactly I, I think I think you're right I think it would go down as a as a, as a, as a low light which is you know as in a lot of ways a strange thing to say mm. because I think it was the only time I played there um, but just the way that the, the, the day the day went you know we'd, we'd done so well to, to, to get there um, the, the, the games themselves from a personal perspective had been had been really good for me um, I think it would be Blackburn in the quarterfinals and you know up against their, their centre forwards who were just in the top of the game and, and doing well in that game and then Birmingham in the semi-finals, their threat was big. Kevin Francis up front, six foot seven. Go on, weather sort that out, and, <laughs> and you know we we got through, and 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 did well. So, so the run had been had been great, and just the build up to the to the final was 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 fantastic. And you know it's it's something we talked earlier about. You know what you when you're a kid and you you you're getting into football, what you what you want to do because everyone wants to play and be involved in a in a major cup final. Mm. And that was the that was the, the the shot at it, and and my my one shot, and for the day to to go as it did for 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 the, for the team and, and and for the club when you know it, it meant so much to to so many people um, was just a, a, a huge disappointment. Um, we were up against a top team. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Do you think that's what it was? Do you think we do you think we could have done anything differently that day? Do you think, or or was it just Villa were better than us and? It was always going to go that way. I think they were better than us. You know, I'm sure Howard looks at it and, and thinks hindsight's a wonderful thing, but, yeah. you know, we played three centre-backs, I think, yeah. matching, matching their shape at the time, and that's the way they played and not necessarily the way we played all the time. 
Um, but just not enough people had a good day that day. Um, you know, we, we the game should have been um, far more of a contest, I suppose, than it than it was. They weren't that much better than us in in general. But you know, you just didn't perform to our levels on the day, and I suppose that's that's football. And mm. Sometimes it 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 happens. The Eleven people out there are human, and and you know, good days and and and, and bad days, and uh, it just wasn't a good day for it, for enough of us. But it was a good day for. For, for more of the Villa players and another low light I guess and I remember this quite vividly and that's 20, 20 years ago now um, off the pitch there was obviously the um, aeroplane incident at Stansted hmm. um, coming back from West Ham I think what are your memories of that day because it, obviously it was it was widely reported but it feels to me like that that was a, a nearer miss than people give it credit for yeah it was it was very much so. It was a it was a horrible experience, really was, and it's one of those that you know I look back and you think, my God, we were lucky, we were unbelievably lucky. Um, you know, I was sat quite quite near the wing, I was sort of on the front front bit of the wing, so the engine was just a little bit behind me, mm. and we were on the side that the, the the fire started, and you know just just having taken off this big bang and you look out the window there's this big orange glow and it's on fire and, and you know just don't really know what happened in those few seconds and you know just sort of bouncing down the runway and getting the brace position and what have you and, and then that moment when everything just goes still when you stop moving you right everyone's got to get out and what, what amazes me is just how calm it was inside the plane then yeah. when there's an engine on fire there I remember yeah. Robert Molinar was sat behind me and I remember him now saying can we get a move on it's getting a bit warm in here because <laughs> <laughs> the fire's just getting bigger and it's just that type of thing and and yeah I remember we, we, I've laughed about it with him, with him loads of time Alan Sutton the physio we both get out out of the plane and he's gone and got his jacket that was stored up above in emergency evacuation and so he's he's got his jacket that he's carrying and I've got my golf magazine that I'm carrying. I'm going, what are we what are we doing? Just ditch everything and get out, yeah. you know. And it's just, just the, the calmness inside and it's not so you think about it afterwards. And you know, I remember walking walking away from the plane and seeing it and you just think, There's a fair chance that's just gonna go bang at any mm. at any moment. So it's just yeah. getting everybody away from the from the scene. And it was it was just really frightening experience and it took me a, I still I think I've flown in one propeller plane since then um, and that was on my first day in my current job because mm. I couldn't really tell my boss that I couldn't go on, on this <laughs> trip that we had we had to go down to Exeter and I thought I've got I've got to do it first day I can't say to my boss no so that's the only time I've flown a propeller plane since um, fine on other on, on other stuff but uh, you know that's the way it's, it, it's affected me. But you know a lot of you know obviously I'm sure everyone on the plane really thankful for the for the pilot and his actions there because they yeah. say he made the decision just to just to ditch it instead of trying to do a loop and then landing again. You know there's loads of ifs and buts if we'd been at a yeah. different airport, they, they, things would have been different. But they are they are what they are, and we were we were fortunate. So you know move on. But it could have it could have been very different. Yeah, I was at the. Um 
I think we played Chelsea in the next home game after that and they brought the pilot and the crew out mm. on the pitch beforehand and gave them an award and round of applause. I think you scored in that game actually, 3 1 win right. over Chelsea. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I didn't um, know that was straight after the. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I think right. it was. Um, I think it was the next game and yeah I mean there's been lots of um, horrible moments in the history of football really and that that was you know it sounds like a whisker away from being another one yeah one of the one of the stories I heard was, was the bang that we heard was a it was a pressure building up in a, in a fuel tank I think and and the bang was one of the one of the bolts flying out of the fuel tank and luckily it shot upwards if it had shot inwards to the to the plane could have been you know just another example how it could have been very different and then you know the fire would have had a different effect as as, as well but yeah no point dealing if if buts and maybes we, no. we 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 were really fortunate and you know um, we 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 move on from from there but yeah close call yeah so back to happier times another famous goal that Leeds fans love you for is one that you scored for Bradford. To keep them up and um, qualify leads for the Champions League because they didn't couldn't do it themselves. So called on, uh, hey, called on David Weatherall to do it for us. Uh, Le- think- Leeds did it themselves. <laughs> Leeds did it themselves yeah. over the course of a season. I, yeah. I think it was. Um, I think it's the only goal in a game that didn't feature Leeds United that appears on one of our season review DVDs <laughs> at the end, of, the end of our season review DVD. It cuts away from our nil-nil draw with West Ham to yeah. to show um, the scenes at Valley Parade. Um, another header. Is that what that must be one that stands out in your career as well? Yeah, that was that was a, an, an, another great day, really. Um, my first season at, at Bradford just just moved across, and um, yeah, we, we were playing Liverpool, and I think it was Leeds Liverpool to to get in the yep. Champions League, and obviously the the odds were against us. Um, Is that the season Rodney Marsh called out Bradford? Yeah, and said he'd shave his head if. You stayed up, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, and there's and a lot of riding on that game, wasn't there? <laughs> there, there was, <laughs> and, and that was one of the main things. Yeah. The champion <laughs> that was one of the main things. Um, but yeah, we, you know, I, I think I was the biggest signing that 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 season at 1.4 million, which is not obviously nothing in in today's transfer market in in, in the Premier League. But the, the club were not in a position to invest heavily, and there was a lot of older players in the in the team, and um. No one gave Bradford a chance really of, of staying up, but we battled away, and and you know on that on that day we were we got a couple of breaks, but we, we played bloody well for you know when there was so much riding on the game, we did we did play well that that day against a really strong team, and then and a strong uh, team that needed, needed exactly the result. exactly you know there's no there's no they were they were they were at it you know because mm-hmm. they say they had the Champions League at stake, and then to you know that that realization that yes, seasons work at Bradford. You know we've done what we set out to do, stay up, and then really that big cherry on top of that is it's Leeds who's got the Champions League instead of Liverpool. Fantastic! I just remember, I think people people think after something like that, there's you know wild nights and parties and club had arranged everything. They hadn't. It was everyone went went away, and I was just sat in the neighbour's garden and remembering. Um, Lads were still travelling back up, and uh, I remember getting a phone call from the from the team bus, and it was Gary Kelly's phone, and then just got passed around to all the lads, and they were singing the songs and all that <laughs> stuff. It was it was brilliant, just to you know that that they thought of me at at, at that time. I'd been gone for a year, but it was 
it just just you know added added something to to that date and mm. know that it had made a difference to to the club that I just left. And you know, I could be wrong here. Was Gary McAllister playing for Liverpool that game? Uh, do you know what? I can't remember. I'm just trying to think of it. Have a little quick Google, Matt. I'm just thinking this the double leads that jeopardy moment. <laughs> you've made the whole Leeds team bus happy, but you've uh, you've upset Gary Mack. Yeah, I'm not sure. They had a good team out. I know that. Let's have a quick. Owen oh, Heskey, Redknapp. I remember. My... No, you. I'm afraid uh, he wasn't in the team that day. Well, we'll cut that bit out. <laughs> we'll lose that. Future future lead star Dominic Matteo was though. I'll tell you what, that Bradford team uh, you had, you, you played with quite a lot of your old mates there, didn't you, um, from Leeds? So, um, Haller, Molinar, Hopkin. Yeah, going to went Lee across. Sharp. Lee Sharp. Yeah, Lee was already there, I think, when I when I went across. He'd gone before. Um, and myself and Gunnar went across that that season. Um, before, you know, just as, as, as Bradford had got promoted. So, and then Robert and David Hopkin came in, came in later on. But yeah, if you if you made that uh, made that move across, it, some of them worked for the club, some of them didn't. But that's uh, that's football, isn't it? What was it like playing against Leeds when you were at Bradford? Very like? strange. Yeah, really strange. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it, it changed pretty quickly at Leeds. So you know, there was a fair turnover of players. I seem I seem to recall, but obviously a lot in 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 the early games with with, with Bradford. A lot of my mates still in that in that team, so it was it was it was a it was a strange experience. Um, yeah, pretty good experience. I quite I quite enjoyed it in a in a in a strange kind of way. But you know, when you've as a, as I said, I've only got positive feelings about my time at Leeds, so that made it made it a you know a, a strange one. You just got to be be professional and just apply yourself, and you know you you know that your club now yeah. you need to put a performance in and, and you know that's what that's what I did and then it was just trying to shut out all the other stuff going on around that that, <laughs> that game and just get on and play and, and, and play the game and try your socks off to get a to get a performance and a, and a, and a result for, you, for your team but yeah it was uh, it, it was good I mean, the, 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 the lads at Leeds were, were, were great I got on got on really well with with pretty much everybody who was who, who was there, you know, there's ne- never any any problems like that. So it was never a case of uh, any animosity between between myself or, or or anybody, and I include the management in in that as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, I didn't feel like I'd prove anything to anybody. It was just get on and, and, and play another game. But you know, having the Leeds fans cheering for the team you're playing against did feel a little bit strange after uh, <laughs> after having eight years of them cheering for you. We wanted to ask you a bit about your time at the end. Um, when your Leeds career was coming to an end Hmm. you're now working in youth development and at that time there was a lot of young players that were coming through they became known as O'Leary's babies which Mm -hmm. is you know there were a lot of people's babies really weren't they but um, how's that feel when you're a player you know a senior player and there's these young kids coming through do you can you can you see it as oh this is this is great news for the club it's great for the team these people come through or do you see it more as a bit of a threat a bit more of competition to your place and does has your perception of that changed over the time that you've now got into the role that you're in yeah uh, there's always going to be a, a threat in football i suppose to your to your places i think it's one of the things that 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 should drive players on you know if you're not doing your 
your job, then the club will be looking for, for, for somebody else. And, and in any event, the club's always looking for somebody else to improve what they do. Mm. And that's, that's part of football. And, you know, I think for, for my own circumstances, I think Jonathan Woodgate's debut... You know, he came. He came in, and it was clear right from his first first game. He one heck of a player. He was all right, wasn't he, Woody? Yeah, one heck of a player. And when Lucas is there as well, you know, that was a, a, a ready-made partnership. You know, to, to start with, and and you know, I, I've never had a problem with 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 leaving Leeds in those circumstances because. You know, I'm, I'm honest enough to say that Woody was a better player than me. That's not not a problem. Anybody would say that. Don't have so. a degree though, does he? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But yeah, so that it's absolutely fine. No one, and that's football. So so you know when when it was made clear to me that that you know I wouldn't be a frontline player at the club. Of course, I was disappointed. Um, but. You know, I, I think we all agreed it was best for for me to to move on and seek pastures new at, at, at the age I was playing and, and sort of needed to be playing. I thought I was in in good nick and and good form, and uh, you know it was made clear that I wouldn't be playing at Leeds. So there's only one one course of action really, and that was to and that was to move on. It was it was really disappointing because on you know, my home, as I said, he's still he's still in Leeds, and um, I said before the affinity I had for the place. Of, Played there there for eight years, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a surprise that that was the conversation. We've seen you know talks about how good how good Woody was coming through, um, but also you know things did 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 David see me as somebody who who he wanted to be part of of his team? I don't I don't think he particularly did so. That's just a judgment call in in football. And there's no animosity or hard feelings. I saw. David O'Leary a couple of months ago and, and absolutely fine we get on get on great managers are paid to make those decisions absolutely no issue stroke of genius too because you got to the Champions League as we touched yeah. on that. <laughs> it was all in the so plan four yeah. from, <laughs> so at Leeds you played under Howard Wilkinson George Graham mm. David O'Leary how did their styles differ which one suited you best which one was worst um, how I think the uh, it evolved under under Howard. I think when won the, the, I still say we won the title. You notice that in my two minutes <laughs> again. Come back to that. Champion. We, we won the won, won the title. Um, it was it was organisation, energy, lots of quality within that. But you know a lot of um, playing the opposition's half kind of kind of football. Lee Chapman was really important. Obviously, target man. Getting crosses in, etc. He would try to evolve the way of playing and move to a, a, a more possession-based way. I think when George came in, it was very much what you'd expect from a George Graham <laughs> team. It was you, don't you, concede. It became even more important, basically. Yeah, yeah, the, the, you know, it was, I just remember saying to fullbacks and midfield players, "If you can't get back, don't go forwards." <laughs> so, so that's, not, not, that's not that many forward runs when you know that that's the advice ringing around in your head and yeah. when he's you know I think Lucas was turning to a central midfield and I seem to remember was it Mark Jackson who was playing mm. some central midfield games as well and we went yeah. we went out with at least four centre-halves on the team seemingly 
pretty much most week in, in George's early days. But the, the, the for, for me, you're absolutely spot on with what you said as a defender that we used to work on team shape most days, maybe just for half an hour, but attack v defence kind of thing, but with a focus on defending. And it was great for us as defenders because we got protection in front. Yeah. Every, the whole team was organised. You know you never would, if you can't get back, don't go forwards. You know you're never going to be out, outnumbered. So, you know, for, for, for as a defender, you, you were comfortable in, in that shape. It was probably awful to watch the early days of George's, that, it's George's reign. But ship, it, though. Yeah. Because the, the game where you scored the winner against Manchester United, it was about a year, just a year since Howard's last game, which was a 4-0 defeat against Manchester United. Mm. And that kind of showed in 12 months the progress, the, the difference that George mm. Graham made because it was being tight at the back and trying to nick a win, basically, wasn't it? It was setting that platform mm. and then looking to, you know, to build on that, I suppose, moving, moving things moving things forward um, and then you know I think I was there for maybe about well for only short time in relative terms when David O'Leary took over because that's when the things really really changed around around the club that was the start of if you like that revolution young players coming in not far down the track massive signings coming in as well um, so yeah I wasn't uh, there that long under under David but again a different a different approach getting those the, the younger players in and as I said the other big signings were just down the track and speaking of change in general it, there was a lot of it in that eight year period how different was the club that you left to the one that you joined yeah I think quite substantially different I think just being in the just being in the um, I was going to say Premier League, but it wasn't even Premier League then. That's how long ago it was. It was the old, the old sort of first division, I suppose. Then, just for one season, uh, when I when I joined. Um, so I suppose it was that still new, a new club in that in that top league. Mm. And I suppose when I left, I think we finished in top top five a few times in that in that eight years. You know, including obviously the the, the club winning the, the the title in that in that first season. I think. It, the whole image of the club, the whole positioning of the club, I think, had changed in that in that period. Established Premier League club, um, that everyone knew that's where the club should be and deserve to be. Um, so I think, yeah, the whole the whole structure around the place. You know, even the the, the changing training ground, playing mm-hmm. those on the Fullerton pitches at the, yeah. at the top, which you know to to have everything on a couple of pitches including youth team games and youth team training was just incredible they, those pitch were sh- pitches were shot to pieces mm-hmm. really by by January time so to change that and, and get up to, to, to Thor Park just showed them the, the sort of magnitude of change I think around the around the club and it was part of the process and then continued to move on after uh, after I left for a for a period as well you played your whole career in Yorkshire was at any point you nearly left and went outside of Yorkshire? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, one was when I, when I, when I left Leeds, um, I was going to Southampton. Well, I couldn't get much further. Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and really we've, we've, we've been talking, I seem to remember for a, for a good few days throughout, throughout the week. And, um, pretty much agreed on the Friday and then just asked for the weekend to, to think about it. 
really because my, my, my wife was seven or eight months pregnant mm. and it was how are we going to deal with this as a family the football bit was, was done in my mind and then late on that Friday Bradford came in and all the family issues sort of Disappear. melted away because we could keep living where, where, where we were and you know I went over to see to see Paul Jewell and, and, and just had a conversation about you know how he saw things and what my role would be and, and it was clear that was going to be an adventure and, and it, was, it was actually a really exciting time what he was saying it was going to be really different Leeds obviously expectation and the desire was top end this was just going to be that first season this is a scrap yeah. and we're going to do what we can to stay up but it was a it was a, a, a real challenge and you know I think from from that yes I was really close to going to Southampton on that on that particular particular time and then when I was at Bradford and they were in the financial troubles then yeah I nearly went to Southampton again um, I think when Strax was there um, so yeah a few a few a few times but that's what happens in football there's rumours and, and yeah. you know, all kinds of, I went to Coventry as well when I was at I was at Bradford so yeah it's just a, a few times but as I said unbelievable for it well I sound like Cammy there don't I? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's been it's been fantastic for me as a as a Yorkshire lad to grow up in Yorkshire and not have to to you know move the family around the country it's just so lucky to be able to to, to do that and make the moves that, that I wanted to some people are so it was well, probably a blinkered, a blinkered look, and who knows what's going to happen in the in the in the future, you know. But um, you know, I've been really fortunate through my, my football career. When you look at, at players having to move around every every year to not have to do that. And did you know? Did you know what you wanted to do when you retired? Did you have a plan to be have a career in management, or what? What, what was the goal after your playing career? I'd done the. I got the. Um, Coaching licenses up to up to a license while I was while I was still playing. So yeah, I quite fancy staying in the game in in, in some capacity. And then I had a a, a, um, a couple of months as as um, manager caretaker manager player manager at, at Bradford, um, which 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 didn't go well you know com- trying to combine being a player and a, as, as a manager but I hadn't ruled that out when I when I stopped playing um, and I went on to the, the first team staff with Stuart McCall um, as, a, as a coach when he was manager at Bradford um, and then they just asked me if I'd take the um, run the academy for a season I think it was it was just a few weeks into doing that I thought this is this is for me this is where I, where I want to be this is you know just the not when you're coaching, not having to coach for for the result on a Saturday, but to develop players and just make them better. I, I really like that. I like the, the you know the interaction with, with with the players and moving them on and just seeing players develop. So I thought that's that's me. The academy system's me, and that's when I really made that made that decision. And then I've been doing it a couple of years and absolutely loved it at Bradford. Um, but it was it was a season where they nearly went out of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really late on in the season where he just managed to get a couple of results um, and and this job came up at, at the EFL so I thought well in this position where Bradford might go out of the league and I'm going to be out of, out of a job I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring and um, you know fortunate enough to, to, to get it and, and still involved in, in, in youth development but, but from a, a system wide perspective I suppose and just trying to 
help the system, the whole organisation move, move on and support support the EFL clubs in, in what they do in, in producing players rather than just being involved in, in, in one club. You enjoying it? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, if, if there's one thing that, that I miss, it's the coaching because I absolutely love that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good company to work for. Um, and you know it's a, it's 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 a real challenge trying to trying to move this move the system along and and, and develop it. We, you know we 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 work closely with the Premier League as well. And um, you know, I look back, I've been eight and a half years in the in the role now, and I think that that the the systems come quite away in that in that time far far more money invested into into academies now the number of full-time coaches i think has trebled in that in that time so we've got much better provisions across across the leagues in in that area and we've seen some real you know quality players coming out of it there were quality players coming out of it before there's some good work before i came in you know it's not not down to me but you know where they where they where the game's gone and where it's going i think i think as a nation I think we can be be optimistic about about the future in terms of what 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 it holds for the national team, and in terms of producing players, I mean, Leeds are just right right up there. You know mm. what the, the quality of players that they have turned out from their from their academy over the years, and you know in recent times is uh, is absolutely outstanding. Uh, in fact, I could listen to this all day. There's so much more stuff that we've not ticked that I'd have liked to. We always have this, don't we, when we do these. So I think it's time to get in some quick fire. Agreed? Yeah. Best defender, centre-half partner you've had in your career? Gonna upset a few people here, aren't I? Um, the listening I don't, I don't you'll, make, you'll make one person really, really happy. Yeah, you probably won't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lucas was half decent, wasn't he? He was all right. Yeah, he? he was all right. Best goal you scored? Best goal. Best goal. Not the one that, that means most. Well, let me think. Best goal. I didn't score that many great ones. I scored an overhead kick for Bradford, would you believe? So in terms of technique... That was Stan Collymore, wasn't it? <laughs> I remember that <laughs> This game. one was at Walsall. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look that up after this. Yeah. The, you know, most of mine were headers and the, the header against Liverpool for Bradford was just, yeah, yeah. You know, timed it really well and it flew into the back of the net. So I think, yeah, technique-wise, it might, might even be that one. Yeah. Best manager? Oh dear. Howard. Funniest teammate? Funniest teammate? Dean Saunders. Dean Saunders, he did the best Tommy Cooper impression ever. He's one on the team <laughs> bus that you can just turn the videos off, turn the radio off and just say, Dean, go on, you just talk <laughs> for an hour and a half. Who are you still in touch with from the Leeds days? From the Leeds days, I uh, saw Gunner a couple of weeks ago, uh, and Nigel Martin occasionally. Uh, pretty much it, I think. Leeds or Bradford? Yeah, see, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Throw Sheffield Wednesday in there as well. Why don't I? Well, well, we, we know you'll say Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. Both. Was that Leeds, was it? Both. Oh, <laughs> just for the edit, Leeds. <laughs> no, brilliant. And how how often do you get to Elland Road now? Have you do you get to see us very often or not? Not as often as I'd like to. Uh with the with with the job I'm on the road quite a bit. Yeah. 
and then if I'm going to watch a game at a weekend then obviously my role it's it's often a youth game yeah. so it's really difficult to say to the say to the missus you know I don't have to go to another game but by the way I'm, I'm off out again when I've been away all week and uh, I've been out in the, in the morning as well but yeah I, I definitely keep in touch um, do you think on we'll a go daily up? basis really yeah, what's with, our chances with, this with, with what's happening do you think we'll go up I think there's a great chance my, my concern as we're speaking is West Brom look excellent and Fulham have hit four so it's not exactly sticking my neck out looking at the league table because the top three teams as we're speaking but <laughs> but there's always a chance two, for Leeds two from three and Leeds Leeds have got I think they've got a great chance why not you know it's, uh, it's certainly time we were, we were back up there and you know if, if, if somebody connected with West Brom or Fulham was having this conversation they'd be, they'd be saying be wary of Leeds yeah. even with a great shout do your kids have a team they support <laughs> another way of asking the same question <laughs> yeah well I, two boys one one doesn't care about football at all yeah. um, and the other one very much does and he's a Leeds fan yeah. yes there we are great parenting skills David <laughs> thank you very much David for coming on, pleasure. on the pod well that was good wasn't it really good how did you guys feel about it yeah brilliant we should have said probably beforehand that we'd uh, we actually interviewed David a few months ago so some of the references might have been slightly out of date, but most of the stuff we were talking about happened in the 90s. I think the thing that stood out for me was all the stuff about that plane crash because you didn't really, because nobody was seriously injured, it never got the coverage and the, it hasn't got the memory that people think, but for somebody who was involved in it, it's clearly, um, well, obviously a very big deal. And Matt has a bit of a thing for plane crash investigation, seconds from disaster, so getting to speak to someone who'd been in an actual plane issue was going to be a big deal wasn't it look let's get this straight David Weatherall I wanted to talk to him because he's an ex-Leeds player not because he'd been in a plane crash it was a bloody bad crash though wasn't it it was but it hadn't been on air crash investigation on that, tr- that geo no because they didn't all die no they do have ones where they don't die quite frequently how often do you watch this program Matt I watch every episode to be honest with you really yeah I love it oh, it te- terrifies me it's the, like, the reason I don't fly those programs. I, I think it's better if you I reckon if you fly then it's good to watch air crash investigation because that tells you all of the things that they've put in place to stop that accident happening again. Are you one of these people who uh, sits on motorway looking for accidents? Are you one no, of them? No. He's one of the sort of person that sits no. on a motorway after running out of fuel. About <laughs> <laughs> that. As I said, the reason we wanted to talk to him because he's an ex-Leeds player, not because he was in a plane crash, and it was just as good to get um, you know some of his thoughts and memories about being at the club during the 90s. Didn't know that, did you, David, that Matthew's just got a fetish about plane crashes, did you? I haven't got a fetish about plane crashes. He'll know when he listens to the interview and it's only two minutes long. Do you know what? I think people forget how good Dave Weatherall was. I thought David Weatherall came across as a really humble man and it was really, like, he's talking about it as if it's just a job where he's actually, or, or just something you do and he's, and he's talking about it when he's talking about university and that as if it was kind of one or the other. Whereas for most people, university is such a massive deal. Being a Premier League footballer would be a pipe dream. And he got to do both. And he's looking back going, no, I possibly shouldn't have bothered with university. (laughs) Well, it was great to speak to a title winning Leeds player. I think he also feels very humble about that, Andy. And I think you tried to call him out on it a bit. Mate, who would not want to get on that bus? 
the tea lady, and David Weatherall. <laughs> she should have been straight on there. She made some right brews. No, but again, like you said, it shows what humble bloke is that he uh, didn't get on there really, but for me. He was also humble in the way that he talked about the way that he moved on from Leeds United, that he kind of felt, he said everybody would say Woody was a better player. So I don't think everybody would. Well, he might have been a better player, but there's uh, quite a lot of distance in the intelligence levels between David Weatherall and Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> I don't know. I've never put a university style test to Jonathan Woodgate. And he also educated David Weatherall as well. Did I? Yeah, you taught him the phrase, big licks. Big lick, mate. <laughs> big Dave gets big licks from, uh, from me. I big thought, Dave? Yeah, big Dave Weatherall. Not like Big Dave off of Pot Noodle. And then after he left the club, he scored the goal that qualified us for the Champions League. Which again, he said, was actually due to the work that Leeds United had put in across the season, not due to him scoring for Bradford. So, oh, but if humble man. If he hadn't, where would we have been? But yeah, a very nice guy and he uh, it was nice of him to give up his time to come and talk to us. If he hadn't, maybe we wouldn't have gambled all the financial stuff and we would have been stable in the Premier League. Cheers, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and we also got out of him that he's actually a Leeds fan, him and his family. A, a three-way fan. Nah, his, his son's a Leeds fan. Ergo some. You follow the team your dad follows, don't you? He follows Sheffield Wednesday because his dad follows Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, but his lad follows Leeds because Weverall's a Leeds fan. Well, thanks to uh, David for coming to the kitchen and uh, giving us his time. If you want to hear the rest of our podcasts, head to leadsthat.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.